2: ladies and gentlemen march has arrived and we're only a few weeks away from the big tournament yes that tournament make sure to head on over to bet online and open an account today to get in on their one hundred thousand dollar bracket madness contest starting march 15. that's right i said one hundred thousand and march 15. you don't need to be a hardcore player to get involved in the action with multiple entries available it's the season's best chance to cash in and remember the nba and the xfl are still going strong so whatever your passion is bet online is the place for all your sports betting needs visit our good friends and exclusive partner bet online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code blue wire all one word for your 50 percent sign up bonus once again that promo code is blue wire all one word 50 percent on your initial sign off bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers perfectly downfield. Touchdown Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out. Touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Can he catch
2: it? He did. Hello and welcome back to Rotaviz Overtime on Rotaviz Radio brought to you by betonline.ag. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined once again by Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, the combine occurred over the past uh, couple of days. We're recording this on the 3rd of March and uh, there was some exciting takeaways from it. We'll be talking about a lot of those over the both shows this week. There'll be a lot of combine talk, a lot of prospect talk obviously as we get ready for the nfl draft in a couple of weeks and what that might mean for fantasy football sean um did you did you stick into much of the combine did you get to catch up on most of it or or what how how do you do you look at the, the numbers or do you follow the action when it comes to the combine
3: I try to do both because frankly this is just a lot of fun right you get to see the guys out there running you get to see them outside the football field which in many cases can be misleading as opposed to helpful but it's always interesting to watch the individual players run see who has that good stride uh, certainly when they get to that 40 line uh, from time to time it is surprising how some of the guys who don't look like they're running as smoothly or as quickly still post good times whereas every once in a while you'll have uh, one of these players who looks like he's just flying or at least making a very Good progress, and that four six five pops up, and uh, it's surprising. Which it gives a little bit of a hint, I think, about the way the actual games play out as well. Where the main thing that we're looking for is production from these players, guys who can actually find those spaces at wide receiver, create that separation. Certainly, uh, running backs who run to daylight, definitely. We want to get as many of those players as we can. Uh, but at the same time, we certainly saw some of the guys we were expecting to have huge performances they did. And then this wide receiver class, I think, becomes even more interesting because even though it is very deep for the first 7, 8, 10 prospects, there are maybe some minor red flags for some of these guys in terms of where they're going to go compared to perhaps Uh, some historical prospects it'll be interesting to see with as many wide receivers as we have in this class i wouldn't be surprised to see them fall right i'm always expecting receivers to go earlier based on the current nfl and yet they fall in a couple of times in recent years certainly someone like a dj Moore expected to go a little bit earlier Uh, certainly some players like an aj brown maybe expected to go a little bit earlier those guys better prospects than most of the second tier here so if you have a deep class right then maybe you would expect these guys to fall because you don't have to reach in that first round there's going to be someone there in the second so uh, that's anticipating a little bit further down the line but certainly uh, seeing these guys at the combine was a lot of fun gives us new information and uh, you know now we can Get ready for the second wave of prospect analysis. Uh, the new Dynasty uh, Rookie Guide will be coming out. The Dynasty Command Center Guide that uh, sold really well on the first draft and has a lot of cool stuff in there. The enthusiasm for that, I know, is is at a peak. And certainly, now that we have the combine information, we can do a lot more cool stuff with it
2: yeah it's gonna be super cool and you mentioned about sometimes these players could fall in the draft and sometimes when there is that depth the urgency isn't always there unless a team really loves an individual player so sometimes we can see that with kind of a, a quantity of players maybe at a similar level uh, a little bit of a delay in teams wanting to 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 jump the gun and, and take that particular player you mentioned sean the draft guide obviously i want to give a plug out to the the new site design as well for any of the listeners that haven't been over on the site over the last couple of days a, a fresh uh, kind of coat of paint i guess we'll call it put on the site sean i, I have to say looking looking very smooth uh looking very clean uh, I, I really enjoyed last year's update i believe it was last year it was updated previously and uh, it was a very nice uh, design but I, I have to say just some really good features and really good tweaks that have uh boosted the the site in terms of the overall usability at the moment and even jumped in to see the podcast page myself and uh, you have an individual player now that you can play the, all the episodes there on, on the first page of the, the podcast player which is a nice nice little bit but uh happy with the the overall site design sean i think it's, it's really smooth looking
3: Definitely. Dave Cabin is responsible for this. Dave is responsible for so many things on the site and does just an absolute <laughs> He's a <job>. wizard. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And as you mentioned, we were really excited about the redesign last year. Dave has taken a little bit of a step forward with it here, making things easier to find, uh, making the site work a little better. You mentioned the podcast page, making it a little bit easier to find and use some of the tools and making some of the specific elements a little bit uh easier to use on mobile, which obviously that's how we all use the internet now. So all of those uh, advancements, I think, make the site a little bit more fun and user-friendly, and certainly Dave deserves a lot of credit.
2: Yeah 100% and uh, we'll be talking about some of Dave's work uh, on the shows this week as well but as we mentioned on the website there I guess we'll give the, the loyal listeners a, a plug here in terms of the 10% discount you can get to a Rotoviz NFL pass you can get that right now through the NFL podcast homepage that I'm just after mentioning uh, that is com forward slash podcast get ready for the NFL draft and get ready for anything really best ball season dynasty rankings everything is up there on the site and you can gain all that all the tools all the content uh, for that 10% discount, once again, that is rotavis.com forward slash podcast. Sean, let's jump uh, straight into it here as we look through some of the, the recent combine uh, activity and what that has done in terms of some of these players, in terms of their kind of prospects heading into the NFL. You talked about the 2020 freak scores and uh, Henry Ruggs and how uh, you know he, he kind of blazed a trail for himself this weekend. Uh, what were some of the, the key takeaways looking at the, the freak scores and where some of these... At prospects shake out and uh, that list
3: yeah and so to give just a little bit more context the freak score is a height weight speed metric that helps you project nfl touchdown scoring so something that directly relates to a very key element for fantasy and not surprisingly this metric is uh, scaled one to a hundred and one hundred would be megatron calvin johnson you just don't be <laughs> Players like him to give a sense of just how much the drop off is. The next two guys on that list are DK Metcalf and Stephen Hill, and they drop all the way down to 91 and 90 a couple of the other top players you have darren waller at 90 now it's not really set for tight ends but this perhaps foreshadowed his transition to tight end obviously a big fast guy who now that he's playing tight end very difficult to handle certainly glad that you know he was able to get his life together and really show what he can do on a football field vincent jackson obviously someone who uh for the chargers there was impossible to stop for many years we have Julio Jones at an 85, Andre Johnson, which we like to talk about uh, since he seems so similar to, to A.J. Brown at an 82. Also some red flags here. It's not just that if you're a massive guy, you're automatically going to be good in the NFL. Darius hayward Bay, Doriel Green-Beckham, uh, Cordero Patterson, Kevin White, some guys in the 80s who were bust. So we want to keep in mind that production is still king. But it was exciting in this particular combine to see a guy go out and hit at that ninety range, which we just very, very rarely see, and that's obviously Chase Claypool, who ran a four four two forty at a little over six four and two hundred and thirty-eight pounds.
2: Yeah, some of these guys in terms of, and I actually, some parts of the combine that I enjoy the most is seeing some of these defensive linemen and offensive linemen hitting these 40-yard dashes, you know, at at sub-five seconds, which just uh, amazes me every time I see those big guys moving at at those speeds. But you mentioned some of the names, obviously it, it can lead to situations where players don't, for whatever reason... Uh, you know translate obviously there's more to becoming a, a star wide receiver in the NFL other than the athletic ability but it's definitely something that gives a huge boost you know Kevin White probably one of the the biggest busts um, you know over the last 10 years in terms of NFL draft position Um just an, an interest Sean with Calvin Johnson hitting the hundred do you think we'll ever see anybody get Anywhere close to uh, that in the freak score, obviously you mentioned there 's a nine point differential uh, back to dK Metcalf i it 's hard to imagine somebody ever just clicking into that gear that calvin had
3: it 's hard to imagine at the same time you know we saw that tight end from Missouri run a ridiculous time at a gigantic size this weekend certainly you know every year we have these fantastic athletes and i i think we're all excited and waiting for the next calvin johnson calvin johnson obviously with that 1900 yard season certainly a touchdown scoring machine when the officials were not messing up the catch rule all of those things with him uh you know as a a lions fan the Barry Sanders time period, the Calvin Johnson time period, those were the real peaks. It's very difficult to go now and watch uh, the current Lions, although Kenny Galladay, obviously uh, a sight favorite, and with the breakout this last season. Uh, the next Calvin Johnson will be what we're all looking for. Certainly players like that don't come around very often, but when they do, we all enjoy it throughout the entirety of their careers. Uh, but that brings us, I think, into this next group of players where we were also looking at perhaps seeing the 40 record broken henry Ruggs as a 427 and people were disappointed but that probably gives you a sense of just how (laughs) fast someone is when they run a sub 4-3 which is just you know you have the jets basically sticking out of your back there And, and people still a little bit disappointed with that but we do then bring him into a group of comps with some pluses and minuses right you pull up the box score scout and the guys that you have for him there are curtis samuel paris campbell philip dorsett marquise goodwin jacoby ford all of those guys running between a 427 and a 433 very fast guys but guys who like rugs didn't necessarily have the greatest collegiate production, and then a little bit of a mix going to the NFL. Now, I think there's still some potential for Curtis Samuel. He's going to be a little bit less expensive this year after he really busted over the second half of last season, but maybe some post-hype value there. Goodwin and Ford, and maybe Ford especially, might have been very exciting NFL players if they had simply stayed healthy. So I don't think that this, this is saying that Ruggs is going to be a bust by any stretch.
2: Yeah, and no, I, uh, I, I'll be the first one to admit, like I, I love Marquis Goodwin. Uh, I've been on that train for a long time. I eventually got off at last offseason. Uh, you know, after he, uh, I had real hope for a, a big breakout maybe three years ago, um, but obviously he's had his injuries, like you mentioned there. Jacoby Ford had a, a lot, a lot of injuries. A couple of younger guys in there, obviously, when you mentioned Paris Campbell, rookie last season, Curtis Samuel still a lot of a lot of hope there for him like that that whole offense outside of christian mccaffrey and dj moore really did uh fall apart in that kind of second half of last season as you mentioned there um philip dorsett the, the one thing that would concern me sean with you know looking through those guys there is a type of player there there's that kind of you know, they're either kind of deep threats or they're kind of short intermediate right runners there's not a huge uh you know player on that list that you think if this uh you know if henry ruggs <laughs> gets to this level we're really satisfied in terms of who you'd be hoping uh would be curtis samuel but do you think that you know if we're looking at where he might go um you know when we get to rookie drafts and dynasty do you think that's worth the investment if if you're thinking of his, his comps being at that
3: level I think once we get to the rookie drafts, we'll have a sense of what team he's on. And I think for these small, fast guys, especially, or not small, but these these guys with the blazing speed who maybe are a little bit more limited, like you said, rugs going in there at 188, certainly not a, a tiny player by any stretch, but someone who didn't do the same things at Alabama as his teammate you're definitely wanting them to go with a team that can use them or a quarterback who can get the job done because certainly if you're drafting rugs you're hoping for tyreek hill and the question then is how much of hill is himself how much of it is patrick mahomes certainly someone who's even faster than rugs right the hill is more in that john ross range obviously ross another player who hasn't really lived up to expectations but perhaps if he were with a patrick mahomes but certainly tyreek hill the best case scenario a lot of these other guys the worst case scenario he is going to be expensive because he's going to go in the first round he's very very fast which obviously piques everyone's interest so definitely a, a big time risk reward player there and i think that would be the, the same uh, situation with a, a couple of these other guys we mentioned like claypool his comps now have a quincy nunwa a chris conley both of those guys have generated some uh, fantasy interest at certain points and uh, again injuries with the noon one sort of took him out of play conley Failed with the Chiefs, which if you're going to fail in that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense, that's not necessarily a good sign, but was coming on strong uh, toward the end of last season with the Jaguars. Not really a fantasy-relevant player at this point, but someone who is stuck in the NFL. I wanted to mention one more name to you here, a guy I was a little bit higher on than the rest of the gang when we ranked players for the first edition of the DCC Rookie Guide. It was Denzel Mims. He posted a 72 with the freak score, a very good number there. Again, because of the scaling, most of the guys are going to come in in that 50th range. He ran a sub 4440 at 63, right? And that kind of helps you understand why Mims was a touchdown scoring machine at Baylor. He accounted for 35% of the, or more of their touchdowns in each of his last three seasons, including an impressive 12 touchdowns for over 50% of the touchdowns. In his final season, he also had a 38 inch vertical, a 6.63 in the three cone, or a 6.66 in the three cone. And a three cone is one of those numbers for the, especially the taller receivers that has been shown uh, to give a little bit of information there. So, certainly an extremely well rounded profile for him. And he's someone where if he had been able, and I think this is one of the sort of unfair elements of the draft process, if he had been able to declare for the draft, After his sophomore season in 2017, where he was already over 20 at that point. So, you know, not an unrealistic uh, age to have someone moving into the NFL. That season, 61 receptions, 1,087 yards, almost 18 yards per reception. Again, a good sign. And a 33% dominator rating, above 30% in both market share yards and market share touchdowns. Uh, Is there any chance that that's the guy that we're going to see and Mims might actually be? say the third or fourth best player after those two big time names at the top
2: i think it's it's very likely you know looking at how he performed this week and just looking i know you mentioned the 20 2017 season but you know i know he's two years older so that's going to knock him down a little bit but he's you know he's still coming in just 22 years old you would you would like a little bit younger uh of an age but last season although he did play one game more had more receptions had very similar yards, over a thousand yards, uh, the twelve touchdowns that you mentioned. So he, he had a quite quite a strong year last year, and then to, to be able to do the the numbers that he did at the combine to kind of keep him in the mix. I, I think there's a, a lot of a lot of prospect uh, here for Mims, and he's somebody who I, I think is going to be a very very interesting to see his landing spot with wide receiver. I think landing spot can be you know the making or breaking of some of these players in terms of their fantasy kind of opportunities I guess we'll call it Uh, I think Mims you know if he if he does end up going to one of those kind of teams that were in the playoffs this year with a you know with a kind of explosive offense I think he could be very very intriguing and he's the sort of player I think you could see really depending on landing spot jump up quite considerably in those rookie rankings uh, as overall prospect and of course as a wide receiver but he, he, he interested me uh, quite a bit before the combine and, and even more so after the combine. So interested in him moving forward, Sean. Uh, you know, you can just start to speculate where some of these players might fit into certain offense. It's, not a, it's a really exciting time. Uh, we're going to do very similar now with the, the running back position. Uh, obviously, a lot of the, the wide receivers are looking to hit those 40 times. It's obviously something that's very important for the running backs uh, as well so when we look at some of the the running back uh, prospect lab kind of analysis here and look at some of the updates um sean there's uh, a couple of clear winners but is there any uh, players you want to highlight in in particular do you want to jump into a couple of those guys who who are clear winners after their performance at the combine
3: well, we've talked about Jonathan Taylor at the show, <laughs> on the show at length. And it still, I think, was surprising the number of people. You know, you follow the mocks in the week leading up to the combine, and Taylor is third behind uh, Dobbins and Swift almost everywhere, or certainly a lot of places. I even saw him fall to fourth behind. Uh, the emerging LSU back, which uh, again, I'm wrong about things all the time, so it's certainly not something where I would look at at a mock from someone and think that they don't know what they're talking about. Simply because they have Taylor lower than I have him. It just was a surprise to me because uh, this is someone who really had the type of prolific college career that you rarely see, and he's a big guy who's a freakish athlete. And certainly, that was the prediction. You don't know for sure. Uh, there were some guys at the combine who had in theory timed in the four threes in high school who then ran in the four sixes at this point so what people are going to run now is not necessarily what you're hearing from you know their high school coaches their strength trainers all those kinds of things you actually want to see it but what we saw from taylor was a four three nine forty at 226 pounds and that solidifies him in our running back prospect lab as the best prospect now again prospect not nfl player there's a difference between guys who you know what they projected to be and then what we can say that they are right but the best prospect in the time period that we are covering and just to give a sense of, of where he fits he goes up there and as the hundred he's sort of the the calvin johnson of this running back group melvin gordon will be at 96 percent Percentile player now in terms of the projection through the lab Christian McCaffrey, 96, Todd Gurley, 92, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette in that 86 range, Dalvin Cook, 85. So that gives you a sense of what Taylor has done. Now, this is based on both production, size, and athleticism, where he fits again as a prospect. And so when we talked about having him in our top really five picks, if you're taking out the Superflex guys, but you know, certainly top ten picks among all players in Dynasty. I think this solidifies that, although still you have to look at where the eventual landing spot is to get a little bit of a feel for, you know, what that rookie year is going to be like.
2: Yeah, and what I, what I would say is like we we've talked about Jonathan Taylor and you've mentioned we've talked about him a lot on this nearly. We don't want to just keep talking the same points over and over again, but it's getting to the stage now where the everything is pointing to him just being being such a, a prospect in terms of NFL and fantasy football. Um, it's almost like you're trying to read in the expectation a little bit because uh, I know you mentioned we can be wrong. Everyone uh, in the fantasy industry is probably wrong more than they're right, but uh, Jonathan Taylor's uh definitely not uh, hurting his reputation uh, with that combined performance. Uh, the other one, um, that's, uh, there's a couple here, but AJ Dillon obviously um, standing out as well with his his performance, his, uh, you know his, his percentiles in the broad jump, the vertical jump, um uh, exceptional, both uh 90, 97, 98%. The tree cone drill is where uh things fell down, Sean, uh quite a bit, 25th percentile there. Um how much concern across the board in terms of his combine performance do you put into the tree cone versus uh his other metrics which you know appeared you know above average or to the elite level?
3: Yeah so 97% in the vertical, 98% in the broad, uh, 63% in the 40, but a 453 at 247 pounds gives him a speed score uh that is up in rarefied <laughs> in that elite range certainly you're not concerned about that he's a big boy <laughs> i'm big on the three cone right as you know but a 719 at 247 pounds is astonishing i mean this is a guy who can move side to side i think better than people realize one of the things that we have discussed at length is that you have guys like Derrick Henry, like Leonard Fournette. Both of those players have scored a lot of fantasy points. They actually have fairly different profiles in that Fournette got a lot of his from the receiving game, whereas Henry uh, was just getting downhill uh, like we've rarely seen in 2019. But both of those players struggle when they're forced to move sideways. They have a lot of rushes for loss, a little bit less for Henry in the second half of last season, but he spent uh, numerous years getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage over and over and over again. Uh, to the point where Henry's original dynasty owners may have sold him at a loss before we finally saw some of these explosive performances. AJ Dillon, we, I mean, he's really the Michael Bloomberg of Derek Henry's, right? I mean, he's, he's the guy who is the $60 billion guy as opposed to the $1 billion guy. Uh, but That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to win the election or win the draft. It doesn't mean that he's going to be the guy who ends up in the right spot. Still a lot of questions about Dylan. He was the other player where I really didn't understand the mocks because he was going in the fifth round in a lot of places and behind a lot of backs who, number one, were not nearly as good in college, and number two, don't have this size speed profile that would make them different right a lot of the guys who are in that third fourth fifth round range are going to be players who are committee backs their backups they certainly are going to be able to play in the nfl uh, at a position where knowing the offense being able to get what's blocked those things are important but not necessarily difference making types of profiles like you potentially have from dylan so i think we still have a very wide range of outcomes now for him But the upside outcome is now very, very exciting when we see that he, in fact, is the type of athlete you would think. The other thing that we saw from him was that unlike some of these big, fast guys, he was a dominating player instantly when he got to college. And as we talk about on the show all the time, that's a very, very good sign.
2: You mentioned there Sean two hundred and forty seven pounds at six foot you know, six foot flat. That that is a big, big man to try and <laughs> try and be stopping when he's uh, when he's running with the ball and, and to have those other explosive traits is uh, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting again and Derrick Henry probably fits in as a a good comparison for him Uh, and with that it's going to do us for today's show as we we get ready to wrap up here as always make sure you're subscribed uh, on your favorite uh, podcast platform whichever that is that you listen to the show on Uh, the show coming out two times a week over the off season and we'll have another show coming out uh, a little bit later this week uh, usually friday morning i mentioned on last week's show the show usually goes up uh, about a day earlier maybe 12 hours early on the overtime feed itself so make sure you're subscribed to both feeds to get all the best of Roadoviz Radio. My name is Colum Kelly. Today's show was brought to you by betonline.ag I was joined by Sean Siegel. Uh, and of course, until we're back with another show next week, make sure you're checking out all the great content on the site. I mentioned next week, I actually meant later this week. So until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Road of Radio. Please rate and review the RoadViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at RotoViz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz for 30% discount through the Roto-Viz Radio homepage, forward slash podcast.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four part series premiering Sunday, June 6th.